We'd like to thank our sponsor, Nature's Pantry. Opened by Dick Masterson in 1989, Nature's Pantry is a small, family-owned chain of natural food stores that have been servicing the Hudson Valley for the last 35 years. With locations in Fishkill and New Windsor, New York, they're your local alternative to the big box supermarkets, offering an extensive selection of items to meet the needs of every healthy lifestyle. For more information, visit naturespantryhv.com. Welcome to another episode of Hot Ticks Story Screen Podcast, where we... Oh, oh, it's not Hot Takes, is it? It's not. This is a special episode. Oh, it's a special episode. Hey there, everybody. I'm Mike Birch, and I'm joined here today by Diana DeMiro. Heyo. And I also got a couple people here. Uh, who, 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 who else is out there? Me. Me. Them. Bernadette Gorman White. Hey, yo. Robbie Baby Anderson. <laughs> and Mike, we are Mike talking about sloppy. our favorite movies of 2023. It's a bit. You gotta say sloppy. Bit. It's a that bit. That was a complete bit. Just like 2023, it's a bit sloppy. Now, listen, everybody, anybody that's listened to this podcast for long enough or listened to any of these episodes from the past years knows that. These things run long, so we're just going to get everything out of the way and break right in. So we're talking about our some, some of our favorite movies of 2023. <laughs> Not all of them, but some of them. Uh, and uh, yeah, we're going to just we're going to just do that. So uh, if you guys are listening, just want to let you know that uh, StoryScreenPresents.com is where you can go to like check out a bunch of podcasts, reviews, really fun stuff, also local events, and all that. We're going to have our full, uh, everyone's individual favorite lists posted the next couple of Fridays after this podcast drops. Yeah, you're more in control of that than I am. So we're going to put some up on Friday and some the following Friday. So if you like what you hear, check out the website, go to content. Content. And then, uh, it's yeah. a sharp word. Our list will be there. Content. <laughs> and we're just going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> so we've uh, we've collected together uh, uh, about eight movies that we got, that we all want to talk about and a couple other movies that we kind of want to talk about. Uh, before we break into it, um, Diana, how are you doing? All right. You're okay? Yeah. What? Yeah. Good. What are you doing? Great. Fern, how are you doing? <laughs> Good. I like this bit. I'm doing good. <laughs> Fantastic. Robbie, how about you over there in Barbie land? How you doing? Uh, I'm great. <laughs> or good. Or and, good. Uh, <laughs> I'm not doing great. Uh, I'm uh, struggling through day to day. So, so let's bad. break on in. <laughs> we'll get you All there. Right, so uh, we're going to kick it off. We're going to talk about movies. Uh, so Burn, you are up 
first. What yeah. is the first movie from 2023 that we're going to talk about? So this is a movie. I'll, I'm going to spoil a little bit of my list on this podcast, but not all of it, so that you can go and read more of it. But this is a list that if um, the Venture Brothers movie would not have come out this year because that had to be number one on my list. Um, the film that we're going to talk about first on the podcast is my number two movie, which probably would have been number one. Um, the newest Yorgos Lanthimos movie, Poor Things. Um, I think we all really loved this movie, um, which is great. Uh, I don't know about you guys. I saw it by myself. I went down to the Jacob Burns, had a pretty good crowd. Um, I love this movie. I think this movie is great. It's based off of a book that was published in 1992 of the same name. I have not read the book, only mm. seen the movie. Um, if for the listeners, if they're unfamiliar, Poor Things stars Emma Stone. It is her second journey with Yorgos Lanthimos after starring in The Favorite a few years back. And it's about a young woman who is weirdly in a world uh, trying to figure out how to basically exist in this world as she appears to be very infantile. And you learn throughout the movie what exactly happened to her, why she is the way she is. And uh, her, her basic life structure as she lives with God, played by Willem Dafoe, and she meets all of these everybody's strange. God. Everybody's God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, she has all of these strange adventures while she's kind of learning to grow up and learning to be a woman in the world. And the movie is beautiful, and it's so oh, so funny. Um, the colors so awesome, so good, <laughs> and the costume design and the set design. Everything about it is wonderful. Um, it wasn't written by Yorgos Lanthimos. It was written by Tony McNamara. And so I wanted to give him a quick shout out because I think the writing in this movie is so clever and whip smart. Um, but yeah, this movie is just great. And I can't wait to watch it again. I've only seen it the one time. Me too. I want to see it again. <laughs> yeah, which is kind of rare for like this list. I've only seen maybe... One of the movies, maybe only the Venture Brothers movie more than once at this point. But I can't wait to watch Poor Things again and especially watch it with Heath and see what he thinks because he didn't get to go. But yeah. What do you guys think? I mean, obviously, we all really liked Poor Things, I think. Can I tell you a sidebar story? When I went to see another movie by myself, I went to see The Iron Claw Mm -hmm. and there was these two to middle-aged, maybe post-middle-aged ladies online in front of me buying popcorn and tickets to the Iron Claw. And one of them was like, we saw this movie the other day that was just so weird. I don't remember what it was called. It was just, it was just so weird. And then when I, when I got up there next, I was like, I bet they saw poor things. Because <laughs> it was just like one of the two like main movies that was playing at the theater. And I was like, hell yeah. I was like, it's pretty hilarious. <laughs> it's so good. I'm like, excellent. <laughs> uh, no, I, I feel like Poor Things is like on all of our top tens. Yeah, it's my number three. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's on my top there. ten. 
Yes. It's a little it's a little higher on my top ten because like I'm such a picky person. Uh, fantastic movie. I love poor things. And seeing that in a theater with a bunch of people behind me not understanding what the hell was going on was fantastic. Like that's that's the type of movie that you want to see with an audience, not just like on your couch chilling out, which just watching it on your couch chilling out, it's still gonna be really funny and good but um there's a lot of moments in the movie that are um sensual okay uh and uh <laughs> well, there's, a lot, there's a lot of fucking in it sexual yeah. Well, yeah i was getting there robbie yeah oh. yeah of course yeah there, yeah no i feel like a, i feel like it's a... more horny than sensual but that's my that's my personal hot take. <laughs> it's an extremely horny movie yeah uh but it's got mark ruffalo in it so uh, good his most horny Horniest, uh, which I'm very excited about. So whiny. I love it. <laughs> the thing that I love the most about Poor Things is how dumb Mark Ruffalo's character is. Bella! And him trying to understand what's happening in front of him and eventually just giving up and just saying, What the fuck are you talking about? He does it four times in the movie. And it's it's my favorite thing. Like every time he did that, I just Laughed out loud and like almost threw up. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think it's a great flick. Uh, I wasn't like a huge. I like the the favorite, but it wasn't my like favorite. Your ghost Lanthimos joint. So it was kind of cool seeing him return to like something even more like weird. Um, but yeah, really. I mean, I love a good like horny art movie. So that's definitely what this was. Uh, did you guys watch the variety? Um, Director on director with him and uh, Avi Art. Not no, it's the uh, oh, Ari Aster. Aster. Ari Aster. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's I great. It's not. just it's just two it's guys. Where it's, like, it it's like are you check guys, it out. It's like just two guys having a conversation. You're just like, so are you guys like good or what? Like, because you're, you're crazy <laughs> it really people. Is like that. You're like you're crazy. You and guys are just like kind of talking crazy. to each other like normal people, and you're like, wait, 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 <laughs> come on. Yeah. Neither of these people are normal. Yeah. No. Why is Variety uploading this to YouTube? Yeah. They're not normal. And they're like, so we're just going to keep doing this, right? It's we such a cool, like, to, to have, other. like, yeah. two yeah. of the most, like, kind of interesting directors working right now in a room together. It was a very, it's a very cool interview. Oh, Nothing, gotta, like, groundbreaking comes out. out. Yeah. But just, like, seeing these guys where I'm like, you guys can't be good, right? Like, you guys be kind of <laughs> fucking crazy. <laughs> Bo is afraid is is crazy. I mean, no one makes that movie and they're and they're good, you know. Like, (laughs) yeah, I did love how funny Poor Things is because I did really like the favorite, but the favorite is sad, or at least Mm -hmm. I found it very sad. So I was like excited that this was not like more like the lobster, but just like the absurd absurdist humor like funny parts of it reminded me more of the lobster even though the lobster is also sad i was just kind of like okay all right um yeah there's like poor things <laughs> has like your ghost can get mean like i always think about like um killing of a sacred deer like that's the meanest your ghost can get with what he's trying to do like the lobster is also kind of mean in some ways. Like, it's kind of a nasty movie in some ways. And then, like, the favorite is, like, kind of... It's it's not mean in that same way, but it, it has, like, an edge to it. Whereas, like, Poor Things is kind of just, like... It's kind of crazy that Poor Things is, like, his most, like, 
everybody's watching this movie. It's winning awards. And I feel like it's his most like out there movie, right? Yeah, like, on paper for sure. Yeah. Sure, right? Like 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 the favorite is about like a queen likes two other people. What's going to happen? Mm, mm. And the killing of a sacred deer. That one's a little bit weirder. Where it's like Greek tragedy comes into a doctor who like operates on people. But like poor things is just like uh, Frankenstein, but girl. And yeah, also I'm- extremely horny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think his pairing with uh, Tony McNamara is really cool because, you know, like Burma saying they did the they did the favorite together. And it's kind of I feel like this movie has more in common with like the favorite, just especially in like the way they speak to one another. But it's such like it is a very like, you know, movie that's just kind of like, um, I don't know, it's like celebrating like life in the way in like to live, which is like really cool. And you have a character who's like. You know, kind of, and the, obviously it's saying a lot about gender. You have like a character like Emma Stone who's trying to, um, you know, her journey is to kind of get to like emotional, like uh, have a high like EQ. But, you know, she's paired against like a character like Mark Ruffalo who has like a really low EQ and then eventually <laughs> she, she surpasses him. And, you know, just like there's a lot of like kind of like gender dichotomies happening all at once there. And the best cameo of the year happens at the end of this movie. So uh, for the absolute love of God, yes. when that happens, like and again, like we're we're not spoiling too much, but like we're talking about these movies. They'll be in the description. So like we can we can talk about it. Uh, our boy. Christopher Abbott. Yeah, I just saw Coming him in a, in. in a play. Oh, it's great. I was just like, oh, he's here. Yeah, you saw him he's in a play? here. Yeah, it oh, was him nice. and Aubrey Plaza were in a play yes. called uh, Danny in oh. the Great Blue Sea or Big Blue oh, Sea. Oh, cool. Deep Blue Sea, uh, I think. Deep Blue Sea. Yeah, it was it was really cool. And now, you know, it's cool being in the same room with them. Uh, they're amazing. Oh, yeah. It was a cool play. Fuck yeah. Very yeah. cool. I mean, Christopher yeah. Abbott showing up. <laughs> when he showed up point. in the film, I like looked at Mike and Mike was like, <gasps> When he showed up, I thought that the movie was almost over. Yeah. Right, but right. Like, he shows like up, and I'm like, well, left. there's like yeah. another half there hour. There was like a half hour, 40 minutes left at that Abbott point. You're like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I also We're, think it's cool that Emma Stone has been on the record during the promo for this movie saying that this is her favorite role she's ever played. Cool. Which is really cool. I think she's just out there having the time of her life and. Don't we want that for Emma Stone? Everyone wants yeah. that for Emma Stone. Yeah, she's awesome. having a great year. Yeah, awesome the, cur- dance the curse moves. in this one is weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the curse, uh, this, yeah. and then she joined the SNL Five Timers Club this past year. <laughs> oh, wow. So she's just like on an upward trajectory. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're getting to the end of uh, Poor Things. Burn, you got anything else since it's your movie? Oh, man. Uh, Yeah, I just I mean, I agree with everything you guys said as well. It's just a great exploration of what it is to be a person, regardless of gender, kind of like what Robbie was mentioning. But also, yeah, just in general, just a great movie. Hilarious. And I think I heard uh, Emma Stone say something like it's like about falling in love with life instead of with another person, which I thought was like a cool approximation of the plot and being horny and being and horny, being yeah, horny. Falling, in, falling in love with life and eating food <laughs> and eating food good 
before you break into our big one, uh, Burn, you got like a little guy that you want to talk about a little bit. Yeah, I got a tiny little snack. Um, what do you got? For the next very tiny little movie I want to talk about. Um, one that didn't necessarily surprise me being on my list because I was obsessed with the Mary Kay Letourneau news story that just evolved pretty much over the duration of like my childhood into grown adult territory when Mary Kay Letourneau passed away a few years ago. That was really shocking. I just felt like yeah. it was like the news story that I followed. Um, so I wasn't shocked that May, December was enjoyable to me, but I didn't expect May, December to be such a dark comedy <laughs> in the oh, way yeah, that maybe. it was. So yeah, my tiny little guy is Todd Haynes's May, December. And I love Todd Haynes. I've loved him for a long time. Velvet Goldmine is one of my favorite movies. Um, yeah. And I love how different his style is. Um, yeah. You have Velvet Goldmine, which is like a crazy, like, drug-infused, Bowie-esque, glam rock epic. And then you have, like, this beautiful little movie like Carol. Carol. That is yeah. just beautiful and heartbreaking and... My yeah. sweet Christmas tree ornament, Carol. Yes, Carol. Yeah. And then, yeah. and then you get a movie like May, December, which is kind of just balls to the wall ridiculous. And I just... Yeah, like the music starts so intensely right from the get. And you're just like, oh shit, what's going on? Yes, I was so happy that within the first scene, you get this ridiculous line, I think we're going to run out of hot dogs. <laughs> Paired with this ridiculously dramatic music. And I was like, oh, okay, this is the type of movie this is going to be. <laughs> yeah. Robbie, did you see May December? <laughs> yeah, I thought it was great. Um, yeah. I really like like the musical cues. And I want to know more about like what like inspired kind of like that choice is to is, like, totally. use the music that way. It feels very like of another time. Um, yeah, it's a great movie. I feel like yeah. it. It wears its kind of like symbolism and allegory on its sleeve. Like it's it's pretty easy to digest and it's exactly. fun to find yes. more of the layers yeah. to it. Um, yeah, I thought, I mean, it's great. It's it's a great movie that they just threw on Netflix for us. <laughs> yeah, they just tossed it on Netflix. <laughs> threw it on the watch. Like, I, I would have yeah. paid to go to the theater, but we didn't have to. Guess not. Yes. I uh, yeah. I already did like a whole episode on <laughs> December with uh, Rhea Banerjee, uh, which you guys can check out. Anytime that you want to listen to a couple people kind of talk about a movie for about two hours, uh, I will just say that uh, I think that it is um, it is a dark comedy. It's supposed to be funny. And if you watch it with that lens, it's one of the funniest things you could ever watch this year. And it's also filled with deeply, intensely traumatic yeah dark shit it's disturbing yeah extremely sure. yeah and, uh, yeah charles melton so fucking good man didn't expect him to be that good dude him not getting nominated for he's been nominated for some things but he hasn't yeah. won yes but like, correct I, yeah. I, it makes no sense like he's, he's great, i don't want though. him to win like it's fine there's a lot of good supporting actors I, I i'd love for him to win but i'm like just at least nominate him yeah for god's sake super sad yeah, his 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 character performance is is really good. <laughs> yeah, he he's doing so much with. I mean, I think some people have said his <clears throat> performance is a little wooden or 
a little understated, but I think that's the point. Isn't I think it's point? harder yeah. Yeah. To, yeah. to act that Collecting. way. Yeah. It's, like yeah. the, it's like the bottle up before you explode. Like it's definitely, yeah, I, I feel that it's intentional, but I could see maybe somebody being critical of that. But yeah, May, December. Good. Yeah, yeah with, without like giving anything too crazy away, just like the whole sequence of him like, hanging out with his son on the roof like that uh, that for the rest of the movie i was just like jesus he's locked in all right well enough 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 of this girl shit you know what i mean robbie oh, oh yeah okay. no, no more this no girl more shit poor things. no more May chick, December. Chick, chick stuff man no this girl chick stuff. It. why don't why don't we talk about like a boy movie real yeah quick. let's talk about we're talking about john mc4 right i got that right hell yeah, I was, yeah I'm, looking, I'm, looking the, I'm looking at the i'm looking at the excel are we moving on to Barbie? What are we? Yeah, uh, no, I'm no, looking at the, uh, the Excel sheet to figure out where we're at. Uh, yeah, John Wick 4, I wanted to th- uh, throw out there. It's number four on my list. Um, I don't know if I did that Ooh. on purpose. John Wick 4, number four. Um, I think it's funny. <laughs> Subliminal. It works, works yeah, I don't well. know. But uh, yeah, I, uh, I love John Wick 4. It was the first, my favorite movie of the year that uh, came out, and it, and it stuck with me kind of the whole time. Uh, I was just rewatching it before jumping on the podcast, and. Uh, I was like, yeah, this movie still fucks. Um, but yeah, I mean, like with my history with John Wick, it's uh, you know kind of probably similar to a lot of people. Like, I really like the first John Wick. I thought it like did a really good job of like telling a story and using the the best strengths Keanu Reeves has to offer. And then uh, John Wick Two, I thought was really cool because they kind of blew up the world and made it really interesting and just kind of up the ante on everything and then john wick three john wick chapter three parabellum semicolon parabellum uh i did it's that movie's fine it's not that good um but they it's the, it's the weakest of the four it's the weakest of the three or the it's four, still yeah. like great it's still cool like it's cool there's like cool stuff in it but they get i think a little they kind of lose the plot a little bit ironically because it has like the most like plot in it um mm. but that's uh, true yeah, i didn't think about that john wick four uh fucking bangs like i would say it's a return to basics but like it's probably like one of the most complicated action movies ever made but uh plot wise it's pretty like you know there's a lot of MacGuffins, there's a lot of like quest lines he has to go on like like almost like a video game but uh it might i I can't think of a movie that has the amount of like action set pieces in it that are like of this quality i can't imagine movie ever will be it's like every like you get an hour into the movie and you're just like, wow, that was like the craziest thing I've ever seen. And then there's like six more times where the craziest thing <laughs> you've ever seen in an action movie happen. It's so cool. And like like watching it just like in the highest definition you can, it's like just one of the like coolest movie like movies ever made. But also like I, I really like the story to it. I like that it kind of solidifies that John Wick maybe is a demon sent from hell. Like, I almost don't know if he's, like, a real person. I think he is actually the boogeyman. Like, it makes you kind of question his, like, corporeal form in that way. Um, but they really pull out the stops. I mean, like, you know, Clancy Brown's in it. He's great. Ian McShane, Bill Skarsgård. Uh, Donnie Yen, Yen is, like, so good at being, like, blind, drunken, master fighting style, like, stuff. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a very, like, it's a very Robbie movie. Um... Like, it definitely speaks to my taste and sensibilities. But, uh, yeah, it really stuck with me. I, you know, I love movies like The Raid. I've liked all the John Wick movies. But I do think this one is something special because I do think it's, like, it's such a epic odyssey. And I, I, there's no, like, boring moments in the movie. It's so good. Um, so, yeah, I hope it's the last one or 
This is not my idea, but I saw someone on Twitter say it. I want this movie. If they do make another one, I want it to be about John Wick escaping hell <laughs> and like fighting the devil or something. Because so think he's that's like Constantine, kind of, yeah. Or it's like kind of like inverse, like Dante's Inferno, where he has yeah. to like fight out some shit. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, either go like so insane where it doesn't make sense anymore, or like let it let it rest. But yeah, that's my that's this, my two cents on John. This one John was definitely W4. like my favorite um, location as plot device like it being yeah. in Paris you know because like sometimes when you get the franchises with the sequels and then they're in a different s- space you're like oh this works but I miss it being in here but like this one had so much cool shit because of it being Paris like yeah. like you said like those those heavy to not get too spoilery but just like there's heavily like there's crazy car stuff there's crazy hand-to-hand combat stuff there's crazy like falling through floors and staircases and weird shit and abandoned house shit you know like there's all of the different set pieces that happen fire guns yeah, yeah. fire yeah, I was guns sorry, I always dogs forget that there's like, you know like yeah. I always forget that there's like a scene where they like literally change the camera point of view for like 15 minutes I'm like that's yeah. amazing um yeah, it's really cool. I mean, like, you know, I, I was watching the movie again. I was like, you know, there's the Osaka scene, which is kind of like the big first action set piece of the movie. Very before cool. Before I came onto the podcast, they're doing the, the part in Germany where they're fighting like the fat guy with the inhaler. And I was just like, is this the coolest movie ever made? I don't know. Like, it just might be the coolest movie I've ever seen. <laughs> it's insanely cool. I love this movie very much. It. My big problem with the movie, which. I was texting you about Robbie the other day. I was like, does John Wick chapter four need to be this long? Or yes. does it deserve <laughs> yes, it does. to be this long? What would you or cut? should it be this long? What would you cut from the movie? I was a little fidgety this in is the, the theater, thing where it's but like, watching this it at home, is, I think I'm okay with it. This movie is <laughs> 10 minutes shy of three hours long. Now, yeah. look. <laughs> Anybody wants to argue length in a movie, this movie's almost as long as Killers of the Flower Moon. And it's John Wick colon chapter four. Yes. My biggest issue with the movie is that I would not want to cut anything from this thing because it's amazing. I will say that the pacing, like right in the middle, somewhere right there in the middle, starts to kind of slag where you're like, I have another hour and a half of this. Where am I going? But it eventually gets to where it's going and it's all good. None of it's bad. Honestly, I thought you were going to be like, my biggest problem with this movie is Ian McShane's teeth. I mean, or, he's got some or, veneers in that. Or Bill like, Skarsgård's French accent. That's up to Ian like, McShane. I was waiting for something like that. That all works for me. He's got some do, chiclets going the on. The Maquis. <laughs> I do wish that they... My my only issue with the movie, and it's seriously like what again, it's like one of my favorite movies. It might be like one of my favorite action movies like ever made. Is I wish so they good. wouldn't they wouldn't use the first take of every Keanu Reeves line because oh. I feel like they have him just say <laughs> a word and they're like cool, we're gonna use that one. It's like can you let me do it again? Because he says things where I'm like, he sounds, that so, so kind of sounds so like fucking stupid. That's kind of the sauce. <laughs> I mean, you don't want to mess with that. You're like, well, just let him just do it once. It's like there are times where he says like, yeah, you're just like, this is cool. And then he'll say something that's like three syllables long. You're just like, can we just do it one more time? <laughs> he sounds confused. He's got he that line in it where he's just like, I'm going to need a gun. 
Yeah. And I'm like, it's... dude, you did that two times already yeah. in this series. <laughs> I don't believe that you do need a gun. <laughs> I mean, he does. Uh, That's uh, kind of John Wick's big thing. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah, but, but yeah, it hits. You, it's, you, a great, it's a great action movie. Um, it's definitely like my, extremely my cup of tea. Yeah. It's super fun. It's fucking good. It looks fucking great. Yeah. It's beautiful. Uh, a stupid ass good movie. Yeah. Hell yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah, I, can agree. yeah. I can co-sign that. <laughs> uh, before we break into uh, the next one, uh, Robbie, you got like a little guy. You got a little thing yeah. you want to talk about. Yeah. I mean, uh, my list this year, I kind of broke my only movies rule because uh, I was pretty busy. So I didn't have a chance to go to theater and see a lot of newer stuff, even though I kind of made some good headway towards the end. But there's still a lot of movies I haven't seen. Um, but also I had a lot of like kind of, you know, things of other media that kind of really spoke to me. Uh, one of which is a YouTube video. It's kind of like, I would say it kind of falls in line to like a documentary. Um, but it's a video called um, Plagiarism and You, uh, uh, comma, or colon tube. Parentheses. Uh, parentheses, sorry. Uh, and it's a, a video by this uh, YouTuber named H Bomber Guy. He's been making YouTube videos for I guess like you know oh, almost ten years, maybe longer. And he only puts out a video every once in a while. He's like a younger dude. He's younger than all of us. Um, and he, it's in, I've watched a lot of his videos since this one came out. It's kind of interesting to see his like growth as a essayist. Um, but this video, plagiarism in YouTube, is. Uh, it's incredible. It's like, I think it's almost four hours long. It's, uh, I only heard about it cause I saw a lot of people. I I've seen his clips before. If you ever seen like the clip of him, like of a guy, like a hack or like, um, putting an ax through like a flower door and, and like yelling at like, um, Ben Shapiro. Cause like Ben Shapiro said some dumb shit about like, Oh yeah. Like, that's that guy. That's that guy. Aquaman. That's the With guy. Aquaman. Yeah. Yeah. What are you going to sell your yeah. house to Aquaman? Um, mm-hmm. so that's him. Um, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, it's, he, in his, like, kind of later, like, YouTube videos, he's done a lot of, like, I don't think this is the intention, but it's basically, like, a hit video where he finds someone who's a piece of shit, and he destroys their (laughs) reputation in a way where I'm like, I don't know how this person just, like, not kill themselves afterwards. Like, it's so, it's like, there is no coming, it's like, he burns them to a crisp and then pisses on the ashes. But he does it, and, like, he's so uninformed, he's so well-researched, and he's hilarious. Um, but yeah, plagiarism in you is him kind of cataloging uh, plagiarism on YouTube, and he uses a few different examples before the whole video kind of turns to be about this um, uh, queer essayist called James Somerton, who uh, basically stole everything. And the last like almost hour and a half of the video is exposing this guy who did this, and it kind of all cum- culminates in like you know um, H bomber guy talking about just queer erasure and how like media and the things that we write in this kind of like new digital age is like so precious and so easily stolen. He just kind of talks about how it's YouTube is almost encourages by its design to encourage this kind of level of like intellectual theft that happens. And uh, yeah, it's, it's so entertaining. You know, obviously it's four hours long. You can watch it in chunks. Like it's kind of in chapters, like it's not a big deal. Uh, but I think everyone should watch it. I think everyone, like, I think if you work in the creative space, I think it's kind of good to, you know, it It made me, like, think about the way I write and the way I make things. And it kind of made me, you know, I don't think I ever did a capital 
you know, pee plagiarism, <laughs> but it kind of, you know, made me yeah. check myself a little bit. I think it's something that's good to like think about, you know, and, uh, but also like, you know, makes you, like the next time you go on YouTube, like, yeah, you should make sure they have a source <laughs> or you should make yeah. sure where you're getting these ideas. And it just kind of like, it's a lot of good food, like food for thought, but it is like such just like an entertaining four hours. And it's again, like the, the amount of just like research and the way that he just like really takes these people down. It's just like, oh my God, he's already dead. Stop. Yeah. It's like a piece of I watched the, the first hour of it. Yeah. And, uh, like by like 15 minutes in i was just like jesus oh my god like i can already tell where he's going and then he just starts getting in there it's it's amazing journalism yeah like in like the strictest sense of the word i was talking to a friend of the podcast a friend of all of ours linda kotega and they they mentioned you know it's just like a really good example of like citizen journalism because it's just a guy yeah. who's like independently mm-hmm. like doing this thing i thought that was such like an apt way of of saying it um but yeah really just like it, it's one of i think the coolest pieces of like journalism but also kind of like art that has come out in like yeah the past few it, years for me like i don't know it's so well cool. edited uh, oh, yeah, video great. too like from what i saw like he's actually even commenting on like how these types of YouTube videos are actually edited and like kind of yeah. kind of meta using that editing process in his own video as well. He's really one of the best. I mean, like, you know, if you're going to be calling anyone out, you have to make sure you're top of your game. And I really do think like he he's making the best stuff on YouTube. It's really good. It's and good uh, I'll wait another two years for his next video. <laughs> yeah, we'll, uh, we'll link that video too, like in uh, yeah, the yeah, description down there so if anybody's listening and they're like i don't know what the fuck that is mm-hmm. it's right there in the description click on it nice it's right there if you got yeah, it's four worth hours to kill <laughs> uh so i guess it's me now i'm up i gotta talk about something oh boy i want to talk about past lives guys Whew. uh my number one movie of last year uh bold uh i thought that it would be like top five easy the first time i saw it uh it's an amazing movie about um connection relationships uh self i feel like that's the thing that really connected with me the most about it is like it's about knowing yourself um it is a beautiful movie it is insanely, insanely well made, insanely well acted. It's got a uh, fake Christopher Abbott in it. Um, <laughs> John, John McGarrow. Oh. You mean first? You mean first cow? There's like, there's like three or four fake Christopher Abbotts. I know, but I, I, I immediately like am like he's first cow. He's first cow. Yeah. <laughs> he's first really, cow, sweetie. He's more of a fake Rami Yusuf, if anything. Oh, I mean, like, oh. this poor guy. Wow. Good oh. job, Robbie. Rami, yeah, Rami's great in poor things, man. Yes, he is. Um, <laughs> so sweet. I had so the sweet. idea pulled up. I was like, he's actually more like this fucking guy. Yeah. he's yeah. He, uh, Past Lives is just like a absolute um, slice of cake with ice cream on top for me. It's a beautiful movie. I bought it on Blu-ray. Mm. And rewatched it a couple weeks ago just to make sure. I was like, is this my favorite movie of the year? Mm. And while I was rewatching, I was like, God damn it. 
is this my favorite movie of the decade so Ooh. far? Like this is like, and I was looking like like my past like favorite movies from the past couple of years. Like I'm thinking of ending things, Midsummer, Pig, and I'm like this is probably my favorite one out of all of those. It's definitely a vibe. It's an insane vibe movie, which yeah. I think is why I like it so much. Uh, it's uh, beautiful, it's tender, and it kind of lets you in. And I feel like like the big thing that happened on Twitter, you know, when the Golden Globes were going on, everybody was like, past lives, more like fart lives, am I right? Like all that shit started happening and you're like, wait, what, what the hell is wait, everybody what? doing? Oh. Well, because everybody was like, past lives isn't that great. Oh, that is. Because it's, it's a think slow, it's slow, sensual it is slow, movie. Yeah. But I feel it's like... It's like the anti-salt yeah. burn. <laughs> sure. It is the well, anti-salt burn. Yeah. Lives. Yeah, it is the anti-salt <laughs> burn. <laughs> it is. Yeah. I love the movie. I want to I wanna hear what you guys have, too. I, I think it's definitely the best <laughs> movie of the year. Right. Like, it's not my favorite movie of the year. I do think it's... Sure. The, best movie of the year Ooh, you know interesting yeah i mean like what's better than this movie i don't fucking know like <laughs> it's it's shot super well the performances are so good they feel like they're fucking real people yeah uh, they do they do feel like they're real people pies. and they're the cute time i do I, like that it's like you don't you know like you have that snippet from the trailer where john mcgarrow is like if this was a story you know you'd reunite with your childhood sweetheart and i'd be the bad guy and then you're kind of like are you the bad guy? No, not really. Like no. you're just sort of like there is no bad guy. Totally, it's He's just a like cutie pie too. it's just time. That's the big twist at the end of the movie, and like the, the you, husband's also a cutie pie. Yeah, well, not even a cutie pie, but like. He's also supportive, and it's just like where you you personally are at in your life. So I kind of like that that it's not like a it's not a traditional clear cut romance where you're like rooting for one or the other. You're sort of like. Maybe there are good things about this person that she's missing out on, but then again, there's good things about her current person. So, yeah. 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 I, I think that the trailer is actually kind of bad. I don't watch a lot of trailers, and I saw the trailer yeah. after I saw the movie, and I thought, oh, I'm glad I didn't watch this before seeing the film, because I already knew the gist of the film to begin with. But yeah, I... I'm surprised this movie is not further down on my list, kind of like what Robbie said. Like, there are other movies that just resonated with me more this year than this movie. Yeah. Yeah. But I do really appreciate this film for the flip on the genre that, Diana, you were mentioning, that you kind of are led to believe that maybe one of them will end up being, not the bad guy, but... right. Or like one they is better trick you. for her, but yeah. not really. Yeah, they trick you into thinking that you have to root for one or the other, but that's just not how life is. Yeah. And I think this movie was super cathartic for me to watch because Burge, I mean, Midsummer is super cathartic. But out of all of the movies that you mentioned <laughs> for your top movie of the year, I think this movie, just watching it, just seeing her let go in the end and I love the line, too, where he says, you know, like, this would be the part where you run away with him. And she was like, I'm here now. These are our lives. I'm here now. Yeah. Like, this is where I'm supposed to be. This is where I ended up. I'm okay with this. I've I've made my peace with this. But to know that she hadn't really made her peace until, like, the very end of the movie, it was just such a sweet, like, just, like, sigh of relief. 
to see people like truly be naked and vulnerable with each other, even mm. though it's not how most romance films tend to go. I, it was so raw and yeah, just really heartbreaking to watch, but in a good way. Because, yeah. you know, yeah. like, this is great for everyone involved. They can all now move on and not in like a sad way, in a very happy way. It was just yeah. great. There, there's there's a meaningless likeness to it at the end of the day where it's like, what was this even for? Right. And that's real life. Like, that happens all the time. And the way that like Celine Song is able to capture it, like those moments, like them sitting at the bar and just like talking and the husband just kind of sitting off to the side and is like, he's like involved in the conversation at first. And then the movie's like, he doesn't matter anymore right now. Now we're focusing on them. And you just completely forget that he's there. You know he's there while they're talking. I did not forget he was this, there. You, 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 <laughs> you, you don't so forget that he's there. Like, he's oh there. He's there. Yeah. But then like they, they have this gigantic conversation and then you cut to this moment where it's removed uh, that she ever leaves to go to the bathroom or wherever she goes and it's just them. And he's just like, me and you, we have this whole thing that we've been talking about. We are the same. We have a connection as well. And it's just like that kind of like gut punch mm. hits you at that moment. And you're like, great movie. Fantastic. And then it's like, <laughs> hold on a second, buddy. We've got eight minutes left and we are going to rip your heart out of your chest. It's great stuff. Um, I got to give it another watch. It's so good. It's it, it it's it's phenomenal. Yeah, I feel I feel like the way I read it more because it's like I you know I don't think it's like kind of as like spicy as as we're led to believe from like the trailer kind of like Burns mm, Yeah, but I, I always kind of I interpreted it more or like my read of it was kind of just more of like how uh, people the, the I sometimes you love the idea of someone and for these two people it's like you know they love the idea of like. The, this like innocence that they used to have this kind of like really pure kind of like longing that they had and then when they got older that longing only increased but they never really like loved the the literal like person that exists in reality they just kind of yeah. loved the idea of it and then you know it's for me it's like it's not sad that she may never or they may never get together but sad for me is that like she has to say goodbye to like her innocence in a way you know, right. like that's that's like why I kind of interpret the movie as I'm like I don't think it's like this. I mean I don't know if everyone's interpreting it differently or not, but I you know I don't think it's just like it's not really like a love affair or you know it's it's yeah. almost like not even like an emotional affair. It's kind of just more of like this longing for your like past and this longing yeah. for like you know what this person represents to you. Um, but you know that stuff is wrapped up in like romance and it makes sense why. Um, John McGarrow's character is just like okay, I guess. <laughs> right? No, guess you got to see this one through. He's yeah, got a I like bunch of lines right where he's. I just like all the like, stuff oh, Robbie's saying. It's kind of like you're also like a little bit like she's, uh, kind of like uh, mourning 
what she was like back then too. Absolutely. Like, like, yeah. the, like the longing of, cause it's not only just your younger self, it's like that dichotomy of her moving to Canada and then New York and sort of like closing the chapter on what her life would have been like if she had stayed where she grew up as a kid and like had been brought up that way traditionally and had kept speaking Korean and then like didn't move to the States and meet another writer. But then she's got that. What could have been? Yeah. It's sort of like, yeah, I feel like that's a very universal experience to think about not only like that person would it would have been like to be with them, but like how you would have been if you had kept going on that trajectory exactly. versus That's the, the turn fun you made. thing I think that the movie does is like it it touches on that idea of like who would you have been if these choices had been made differently? Mm. Well, yeah, because um, yeah, by by the end when she finally allows herself to be vulnerable in front of her husband and, and cry is the moment where, yeah, she's letting go of that person that she thought was maybe holding her back or the person that you guys were saying she could have been. But it just brings her to this whole different level of being able to connect with her husband in a way that she had never been able to before because she was holding on to this version of herself that is still there that her husband can know, but that she had felt was separate from her. Fantastic. Yes. Yeah. Exact. That's exactly it. Yeah. That's. Wow. <laughs> oh, it makes me like it even more. Hey, there you go. Maybe it's even um, better than number one on your list. Maybe it's like it's, one plus. Hey, like, it's the best movie ever made. <laughs> <laughs> uh, before we. Jump, <laughs> hey, now, hey now, we're gonna get there. Gonna get there. Uh, before we jump on over uh, to another thing, I got a little tiny guy. I got a little tiny movie. I got a tiny movie that I want to talk about real quick. Fun. It's called Dungeons Ampersand Dragons Colon Honor Among Thieves. Good goddamn movie. Has everybody here seen it? Yes. No. Sadly, for virgins. <laughs> Uh, the movie fucks. It's amazing. It's, it's really it's fun. a good movie. Good. It is fun. It's fun. Yeah, like I'm it. gonna let you guys talk about it. Honestly, go, <laughs> go. What's the name of the bird? Movie. What's the name of the bird guy? They're trying to Jarnathan. Jarnathan. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we need justice for Jarnathan. Jarnathan. Yeah. Uh, I think. I mean, I the things I enjoy about it is it. It is kind of like a a feel good throwback to those types of movies that. You kind of in your mind were like, "This is a fluff piece. It's, it's just for it's fun." Very late nineties. It's very late nineties. Like, yeah, it's. it's but you, we just rewatched uh, Parts of the Caribbean. Yeah, it's like that. The Curse it's of like, the Black Pearl. It's like you're getting the band back together. And I'm like, dude, you know, this is fucking Dungeons and Dungeons Ampersand Dragons colon yeah. Honor Among Thieves. Uh, yeah. Chris Pine and Michelle Rodriguez are great as as Biffies as platonic buds. Which I think is awesome. I'm good. Michelle Rodriguez uh, for life. Yeah. Good and job. Great. R- Reggie Jean Page is good <clears throat> as the ridiculous, you know. Mm-hmm. His character's ridiculous and I love it. It's good. <laughs> Bernadette, what was your favorite part of uh, Jarnathan? And uh, <laughs> Dragon's colon honor among these. You must not have heard me. She this is not seen it. as big as well, my secret shame of yeah. not seeing so John Wick 4, but I haven't seen this movie either. <laughs> 
burn. This is like a good Sunday afternoon. Put it on while you're doing laundry and then watch it again like in three months and been like, oh, yeah, I like this. Like if this if I still had cable and this was on TV 15 minutes in, it'd be one of those movies that I'd probably sit down for half an hour and keep watching it. Oh, yeah, this is like You know, it's like, like one of those. Late 90s USA, like it's on rotation. Yeah, I would, if they made another, I would watch it. Let's put it like that. It's I feel stuff. like that's a good, that's great. you know, give me another one. Robert? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I like I said, it's, it's Pirates of the Caribbean for virgins, but uh, I really enjoyed it. Um... <laughs> That's what I, I don't know if you guys heard me say it before, but uh, I did not. Yeah, I, I did. I, I, I did. I, I, heard I, you chose, I chose not to comment, self. Robbie, that's but fair. that's fine. Sometimes I'm, I'm mean. Um, yeah, I thought it was great. It's it's a really uh, kind of good example of like the synergy that can happen with like good genre writing and good IP. Um, and it just like, you know, uh, I don't think has a right to be as good as it is. To be quite it really honest, it's like a lot of fun. It makes no yeah. sense how good. I think it my is. expectations were so low, so that's why I was so pleasantly surprised. Yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah, it's fun. You know, it's just like a it's fun. fun. It's just fun. Romp. It's fun. Yeah, it does Give feel like more. a throwback to cutting everybody off to nineties movies, even though Sorry. it's a movie that I like. Dungeons <laughs> ampersand dragons hat. We're moving on, Diana. You got a little movie that you want to talk about, don't you? Sure. Uh, little tiny movie it's not necessarily my favorite movie of the year but I it's not a big deal of a movie right but I really enjoyed it and then when we watched it again I found that I enjoyed it a lot more on rewatch and I'm talking about Dat Barbie Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, it's pink I I always had hand-me-down Barbies and I never had a Ken and I used to cut the hair on my Barbies weird Barbie style like Kate McKinnon in this movie so I love Greta Gerwig. I loved Little Women. I loved Lady Bird. I like all the stuff she's in. Uh, but I really enjoyed just this movie looks fucking great. Like all of the actual practical insano sets like of them traveling, leaving Barbie land, all of the journey stuff, all their costumes. Uh, I thought the movie would be more annoying to me personally. And it, and it wasn't. It's very funny. And Ryan Gosling is killing it. And I grew up watching um, a lot of Gene Kelly musicals with my dad, like American in Paris and Singing in the Rain and all of those. And this has epic dance singing scenes that are beautiful and look great, even if you're not taking them, you know, with any kind of humor. But they do have humor, too, which I think makes it better. So it's very poignant. You know, I did see this within the same time frame as the Oppenheimer. And at first, I think that that made me underwhelmed because of all the hype. But then on rewatch, I realized this is a good fucking movie. So I feel like Greta deserves all the accolades she's getting. I don't know that I need to see any more, but I am excited about what else she does next. You don't so, want Barbie 2? I don't need a Ken movie. I don't think I need a Barbie 2 movie. I think we need a Ken movie. I think we deserve I, a Ken movie. I don't know. I feel like this kind of was a Ken to movie. After having Barbie about a <laughs> More girl. boy stuff. Come on, man. Uh, Robbie, Robbie gets it. Yeah. Barbie's More good. horses. More horses. <laughs> More horses. Dojo Casa House. Yeah, Barbie <laughs> is, you know, uh, baby's first feminism. Uh, Big time. It's good. Uh, I I think Barbie's cool. I really I do really like how it like. You're just dropping is... the bitch comments this pod. <laughs> <laughs> 
Pirates really of the Caribbean do. for feminists. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yeah, I really like that. It is, but it does get to kind of like be uh, like educational in that way. It is like a really like good way of like kind of putting feminist theory kind of in the like a very like that in the way that Spider Verse yeah. made the multiverse understandable to people. This movie kind of True. makes like feminist like feminism understandable to people. I love also hearing Greta Gerwig talk about the movie, like the way that she describes like her influences and what went into the way that she designed things. It's always like she she's very she's she's such an excellent filmmaker yeah um, and, sh- and mm-hmm. just hearing her talk about like what influenced her to make this movie is so cool yeah it's also just really fucking wild that the movie got me <laughs> yeah and, and that they, they gave her so much money to do it so yeah yeah big time <laughs> yeah i really hope we don't get another one of these movies because i think it's right? so individualistic and rbx it, let's Barbie go X. baby <laughs> Let's do it. But yeah, I think I must skip obviously to 10. skip to 10. Just skip them. <laughs> two through we need an, two through nine. We need an Alan matter. movie. Alan. <laughs> he would love that so very much. I mean, that's a boy. That's yeah. a boy. Quote unquote. So Or uh, wait, what's it. the what's the name of the, the character that Emerald Fennell plays? Midge? Midge. The, pre- the, preg- the pregnant Barbie. Pregnant Barbie. Don't talk about Emerald Fennell right now. <laughs> Let's stay away. But yeah, I think I, I mean, obviously, I think maybe all four of us kind of live in that feminist world where the bubble is strong. And so watching Barbie, it did feel a little stunted. We're like, yeah, this is like very intro to feminism type stuff. And it was like a little bit of a bummer. My one qualm with the movie is that they leaned so far into the matriarchy and that, like, the Barbies don't eventually, like, realize that they're also going a little too hard, just like the Kens. Yeah. But other than that, that's, like, my main criticism. The movie is so much fun. It is yeah. genuinely hilarious. Uh, the costumes are great. It really takes you back to that world. Um, I definitely had a lot of Barbies growing up, so I think I was predisposed to already just love the whole zeitgeist around this film. Um. Yeah, so it's definitely on my list as well. Definitely not my favorite movie of the year, but on my list for sure. Yeah. I'm very yeah, glad uh, it exists. Yes, yes totally. Yeah, extremely it's very, glad. It's, yeah, I'm very it happy it is real and exists. Yeah. I am <laughs> like just extremely glad that the weird phenomenon of the Barbie Oppenheimer, the Barbenheimer exists. An interesting and interesting thing to take into account. Yeah, well, just like the people that probably would normally have not seen one or the other yeah. maybe did make an effort to see both, which is how it should fucking be because you should see everything. You don't have to like everything, but yeah. you should try it. Did you see like the recent <laughs> video too? Like uh, what's Taylor Swift's boyfriend's name like that meat grinder of a guy is he a f- the football player yeah he's I like stopped a, he's paying, like a i stopped paying attention after that, like, joe allen <laughs> the only reason uh, i knew who that guy like, is, like barbie? Yeah. is because he hosted at saturday night live travis oh, kelsey yeah. that's the cool. only reason i know him <laughs> i i feel like it was a bit and honestly if it was a bit good but like they asked him like in an interview at some point they were like which do you like more Barbie and Oppenheimer and he was like I guess I'll go with Barbie what's Oppenheimer <laughs> I'm like there is absolutely zero way that you don't know what Oppenheimer is and then you get tackled enough times you might forget concussions <laughs> it's a good lay it's a good lay fuck it who cares um yeah Barbie uh Barbie good it's fun very good um. My biggest hang up with Barbie 
I agree with all the good stuff that you guys just talked about. I think it's an amazing introduction uh, to feminism. And Matchbox 20. Young women. (laughs) Matchbox 22. Uh, for young women and also um, idiots that don't understand that uh, feminism is a thing that maybe you kind of want to get into. Not just because it's good, but it also uh, helps to get you laid. Um, also, uh, my biggest issue with Barbie was fucking Will Ferrell. The first oh, like time the I saw that movie. Stuff? Or yeah. just not. It's him. Mike doesn't oh. like Will Ferrell. I, no, I like Will oh, Yeah, you Will don't Ferrell. like Elf. No, fuck you, Robert. <laughs> I think we're slowly winning him over. I like so, Will I mean, Ferrell just fine. I don't like Will Ferrell when Bay, he's you're not locked wrong. in on like, I'm in annoying mode. Isn't don't that kill the fun? messenger, man. <laughs> I feel like, so the second time that I watched Barbie, the Will Ferrell character didn't bother me as much. Which I The first which I time I saw happen. Barbie, it was taking me out in real time the whole time i was watching it every time he was on screen i'm like you do not belong here what are you doing your vibe is completely off and that doesn't make sense because the whole movie kind of has a will ferrell vibe to it where it's like sincerity with like kind of silliness well i think his character should be His character should be more of, like, a straight man. There is no, and, like, you know, like, the foil to, like, the insane premise yeah. of the movie. There's Ma- no Mike kind really of, like, counterweight to John Hamm. John Hamm. Give me something yeah. that was, more of a straight man That was his suggestion. For Sheenerhead. John no. Hamm is having a great year. Still he's fine. Yeah. He's, he's in everything. Somebody. John Hamm is in everything. I guess just wish the corporate he's just got like this were bubbly bubblegum thing already. Yeah, did, where I like, feel like we didn't need as much of the corporate plotline period, but eh. I mean, I think they just should have. I think they just should have played it more straight. Like it would have been funny if they were just so right, like 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 suits, you know? Go and they're just one like, way or the like, other. What, who and they want to yeah, have a little silliness? That's person. fine, but don't get sure. Will Ferrell in there who is like Captain Silly. I mean. <laughs> He was in the movie Elf. You know, that's one of the, that's one of the funniest all right, movies all right, calm down. ever made. He's losing his mind. You can't, just, you can't just hire the... Rain it in. Okay. okay. I mean, Elf it's... is Christmas for people who fuck, so... Oh. Pirates, Pirates of the Caribbean for, for Christmas. Someone needs to gather all of these Robbie sound bites from this podcast and just put them in. Like I'm, I'm recording it, so we're recording it. We're all we're recording all, it. We're it's recording it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, especially in the fact that he was like the toy master in the Lego movie as well. Oh, it, yeah, it's that's just true. Like, he's in a lot of movies about toys, so maybe it's for his kids. Who knows? Who yeah. knows? For that cash, bro. Dumbass. <laughs> uh, before we move on to uh, our next movie, uh, Tiny, you got like a little guy. You got a little. You got a little guy. I got you a little guy. A little tiny one. Packs a punch. Um, Definitely uh, hasn't won any awards. My little guy to throw out there is Anatomy of a Fall, and I'm throwing it out there because I am not usually a courtroom drama type movie person, and a lot of this movie takes place in Le Courtroom, but it's really <laughs> fucking good. Um, and Sandra Huller, killing it. I have not seen the other movie she's in. 
The zone of interest? The zone of interest. Well, that's because apparently New York State is not a zone of interest for A24 <laughs> to drop the goddamn movie into right, theaters. Yeah. Right, But you reminded me that she also was in another movie that we saw last year, and now I'm trying to look it up, and I'm spacing out. Oh, uh, Sandra Huller? Uh, she was in... Um, what the fuck? With... Uh, now I don't remember. <laughs> of course, that Embarrassing. one. Embarrassing. That's okay. I'll think of it. It'll come to me. It's the end of a long day. But anyway, it's got the best dog actor of any Aww. movie I've seen in a long time. And uh, the kid her that plays her son is amazing. Mm-hmm. And it's got hot, you know, Frenchy Alps lawyer who's been turned into many a meme she after this movie. She was an your man. Yes. Oh yes, uh, I'm your the, man. The 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 robot movie, the Dan the Stevens movie, our boyfriend, the Dan, Dan Stevens yeah. robot oh, boyfriend I wanna, movie. I want to see that. Oh, Robbie, that's good. I'm your man. Watch it. It's Is good. It streaming it? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, you know, and, uh, I did see I'm Your Man. I did see I'm Your Man. Yeah. Oh, that movie is, that movie is you good. You want to see Dan Stevens speak German? Yeah. Yes. I, I have. Yeah. It's hot. It's good. <laughs> yeah. I didn't realize uh, that was Pirates her. of the Caribbean for, for Germans. Yeah. So, yeah. It's Pirates of the Caribbean. my new favorite bit. It's amazing. <laughs> Diana, you were saying that you don't typically like courtroom dramas like, I will I don't, I don't I typically argue. love them yeah. yeah I will argue that maybe the reason you liked this one so much is because the courtroom seems kind of crazy in this movie it's insane I, I enjoy this movie a lot but it's like there's yeah. no way that's how they hold court over there it was like so Nuts. off the wall anything yeah. went down in that courtroom yeah, and everything was just kind of like eh, I don't know about that Talk more. You want you want to talk Wait, now? What? Go ahead. Yeah. You want to talk yeah. now? Go ahead. Like, Somebody just walked in. What's up? Let him speak. <laughs> it was. It like had so much opportunity for like plot twist because there was no set like rules to how things could go, and I just loved that. You know, it's it's just like starts out where you're just sort of like, oh, what's this movie even doing from the beginning? <laughs> And then you're like, what the fuck is happening? Like, it just takes a, a turn and you're sort of like, is she bad? Maybe. I don't know. I'm not really sure by the end of the movie. She, she could have done it. Maybe she did. Maybe she didn't. I don't feel really that confident e- either way. <laughs> so, yeah, it's pretty good. Good. It's pretty good. Yeah, I like movies like this that are yeah. like relatable, but like somewhat foreign, but also show the really messy side of relationships that we all have that no one seems to talk about. It gave yeah. me very much the vibes of the movie Monday that came out a few oh, years yeah. ago. It was just like tumultuous relationships. Sebastian Stan. Good Monday. stuff. That, that movie's hot. Robin, did you see Monday? Monday. No. It's where with, the it's Winter Monday. Soldier with Sebastian uh, Stan fucks. as a DJ. Yeah. Oh. He's a DJ. Sounds that like Fox. Sounds like he's getting laid. Sebastian Stan. Let me tell you. They lay. It's good. Yes. And Evil Lady from Andor. Oh, but she's so good. She is good. She's good. Yeah, she's good. Oh, that's right. Yeah. She is like the super hot lady from Andor. Yeah, but it's before Andor. Before Andor. Yeah. So when we watched Andor, I was like, yeah. When's Sebastian Stan going to show up and fuck this person? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. It's good. But anyway, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, let's uh, good let's movie. Move good movie. Check it to, out. Uh, our next big movie. Yeah, big movie. 
Burn, what do you got? Big movie. Big movie. Big dreams. Big film. Big animation. Big movie. <laughs> the next one we're talking about is uh, the most recent Hal Miyazaki movie. The one that he said originally might be his last, but I don't trust any of these suckers who <laughs> says this is my last anything. Because we know that's not true most of the time. But the one that he just dropped recently was The Boy and the Heron, which I figured would probably make my list. There were a few movies this year that I watched that I thought would make my list that didn't. Mm. Um, One of them being Dream Scenario. I thought I was really going to vibe with that movie, but then ended up not liking it as much. I still haven't seen that. I got to check it out. That's good to know going in. Still worth a watch for sure. But this one was one of those ones that I kind of like put all my eggs in the basket before I saw it, which isn't necessarily the thing I type I tend to do. But after seeing it, I was blown away by the boy and the heron. I can't wait to watch it again because I actually went up to Upstate Films and Saugerties to see this. And it wasn't marked on their site whether it was going to be the sub or the dub. Heath and I were just like, we'll see whichever one we see, whatever it ends up being. And so we actually saw the subtitled version. So I have not seen the Robert Pattinson version yet. Sweet, our sweet boy. Mike and I went to Upstate in Rhinebeck and we saw the dub. Oh, fun. Yeah. Yeah, mother. That's cool, though, that they showed both. For sure. Yeah. I bet so. But it was so funny to me because when I knew that Robert Pattinson was cast as the heron, I thought the heron just like squawked a whole bunch. I didn't realize that the heron would actually have a lot of dialogue. <laughs> that, that there was like a weird little dude oh, in the got, heron. He says things. He <laughs> says, says things. That there was a weird nose poking through. <laughs> yes. Um, if anything, the only thing in the movie that they could have gone into, but I'm kind of glad they didn't, I guess, is like, what's up with the heron? Because like, what's up with that For little sure. guy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dan- Danny DeVito. <laughs> I thought Danny DeVito, and then watching the movie, too, just knowing what he sounded like and kind of his vibe, I'm like, Robert Pattinson was such a weird choice for this. So good. He nails it, though. He's so oh, good. I love this for him. Our yeah. sweet boy. I mean, Bernadette and I have been covering the filmography of Robert Pattinson, and uh, our sweet little weirdo is is coming into his own. Yeah, man. He's, uh, He's yeah. making the right choices. <laughs> he is weirdoing all I, over the place. His, yeah. his voice choice in The Boy and the Heron is kind of like a, the entire season of The Curse. <laughs> Just all in a voice. <laughs> Beautiful. I can't wait. <laughs> Had you listened to clips of it before we saw it? Because I felt like you were saying, your yeah, mother, mother, before we saw the movie. It was all from, the, that's all from the trailer. <laughs> the trailer. Okay. Yeah. The trailer. Okay. <laughs> because Mike said, Mike, Mike said that while we were like buying popcorn and the person working there was like, yes, that's what it's like. <laughs> and that's I was hilarious. Like, okay. okay. I'm a fiend for my too. Your mother. It's well, good. It's I'm, good stuff. I'm curious to hear what Mojito sounds like in the dub, because in the sub, he does not sound 12 years old. His oh. voice is very mature. I'm like, he this is like supposed a child. to be a little boy. Yeah, he sounds like a child in <laughs> the dub. Um, and then I do like that they bring back Christian Bale 
uh, as his dad. I saw and that. Yeah, I read it's an art like a callback to. Uh, so I read that. Howl's Moving Castle. Yeah. So yeah, Howl's so, Moving Castle. Yeah, Christian Bale did Howl's Moving Castle. So yeah. I read that um, when they were working with the team like on who was going to do the dub right it's that they insane. wrote like hey we well we're going to use the guy from Howl's Moving Castle now that he's older coming back and we want someone like young and hip to do the voice of the this and like so that they were kind of going off of the types of of actors that were being used in Japan which i think is kind of cool cuz you're just like what? very cool <laughs> I know, too, yeah. in the dub that Dan Stevens plays a parakeet, and I can't wait to hear oh. that, like, one little line of dialogue from him, maybe. <laughs> I think it is Burn. brief. Yeah. It's brief. very brief, but Burn, you are going to know yeah. exactly when he pipes up because oh, yes. I did. You will also <laughs> know when, is, when uh, Willem is. Dafoe pops up. You'll be able yes. to, you'll be like, oh, oh okay. You know. There he is. So, it's pretty great. Yeah. But yeah, it's. This movie, The Boy and the Heron, out of... I haven't seen all of Miyazaki's uh, filmography, but I've seen a good chunk of it. I've seen a decent amount. What's your favorite Miyazaki? Out of all of them, I definitely have seen Howl's the most. Mm. But it's hard to say which is my favorite. I mean, they're all very, very good. I do love Princess Mononoke, and Mm. you showed that at the theater. A while ago, but it was very fun to see that movie in the theater. And again, as an adult, because I had seen that when I was much younger. But I will say The Boy and the Heron is so interesting because it's both the most grounded out of all of his work. And then also maybe the most fantastic at the same time out of all of his work. It feels very grounded for the majority of the film. And then when it really gets existential and dives into like these really heavy metaphysical conversations... It goes in hard. Right. So I just thought it was such like an interesting way for him to kind of marry those two levels of storytelling and marry them so successfully. Because I think the movie is so interesting. Did you see his uh, last movie? I think it's called The The Wind Rises. I have not seen like, that oh, one yet. Much more grounded. That one's like, like that was the one where he was kind of like, this is my last one. Mm-hmm. And it was like about his relationship with his father and it's much more grounded. Like there's not a whole lot of like, you know, uh, classic Miyazaki stuff like kid goes into another world, learns stuff, comes back. Hello. Uh, Wind Rises is more about like person building planes in World War Two. That's it. Hmm. And okay. that one, he was kind of just like. That's going to be my last movie. That one was supposed to be kind of autobiographical too, right? Because his dad did Mm -hmm. design and build planes. I mean, it's based off of like another real person. And he's just kind of like moving that into like his own story. So the boy and the heron coming out and it's just like, but the boy and the heron too, it's a lot of fun because for the, like the first like 40 minutes, you're like, so when's the Miyazaki shit going to start? <laughs> when's the weird little dudes going to show up? And <laughs> the little goopy little dudes. It's amazing. <laughs> like it looks insane. Like this movie looks insane. It's it, it's one of my favorite movies of the year. Um like the animated grasses moving in the wind. 
Yeah, it's like just that alone, just like, I'm just like, why yes. would you take so much time <laughs> to like make this thing look so good? And it's because he cares about me and you, like the people that are watching. And he's like, I, I want to give you the best experience that you can possibly get, even if it means that my entire life sucks. <laughs> and I don't like my children and I am depressed and miserable. I want to make sure that you like how that, how all those blades of grass move. And I did. And I like it a lot. It's just insane that like the, the first 40 minutes of the movie are kind of like the buildup to getting to like the Miyazaki quote unquote of it all. And for those first 40 minutes, you're just kind of like, this is like one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen in my life. This shit is amazing. And there's like, he's bringing in like other kind of like uh, anime artists and stuff like that. Like Robbie can probably talk more to this and stuff like that. But like there's there's moments in that like first 40 minutes that, and all throughout as well, that are like not the classic Miyazaki style. Oh, I see what you're saying. Like there's stuff in there that's, got a little bit more in line with like what you would see with like a classic anime like action and stuff like that and he's like bring that in like the fire scenes like mm-hmm. in the beginning are kind of like a big thing like that's those are not crazy. classic Miyazaki now very different from form <clears throat> yeah I uh I like this movie but I didn't um love it as much as a lot of people did I didn't have like a I didn't have a strong connection to it and I, I'm like bummed I kind of want to watch it again because I think I just kind of got like I think I was like t- I was taking it's like dream logic a little too uh, like I was trying to understand it like too hard you know sure. and then I kind of okay. like yeah. felt lost yeah. at a lot of points in the movie yeah um, so yeah I just I want to check it out again because there's so many people who I trust who dig the movie and I was like you know I gotta give it like another shot but i mean like you know it's beautiful uh yeah. the the dub is is really good uh and i would like to hear the yeah, sub as well i almost think if i watched it subbed i would be a bit more like dialed in properly because um, mm. i'd be having to like read it um mm. but yeah i don't know i don't i mean like i i definitely you know think it's cool but um yeah, I, I felt like lost a lot during the story, and I sure and, yeah and like embar- embarrassed to say That's i, I want to watch it again right there yeah yeah, I mean, oh, there's no. other movies I that I've seen. I definitely felt lost during the movie along. too. There was yeah. definitely a lot where I was just like, "Is this supposed to be misleading on purpose, or am I not getting certain things?" But yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got yeah, some I think real the only uh, moment. Yeah, yeah. The only moment in the movie for me that I was just like, "Whoa, okay," was just the moment where you find out that the new stepmom is his it's, aunt really yeah. yeah and i'm like yeah. oh they kind of hid that little nugget yeah <laughs> i figured that out when i went on wikipedia that night i was like oh that's who that was i mean like i, I knew that there was like some relation but it yeah. happened like so fast i'm like i feel like that's like a big deal i don't know. yeah it was a big it deal in the, they in did the so then it makes the commentary yeah, the, like oh she looks so much like your mother and then you're kind of just like wait are they related and then you're like, well, oh, I, fuck, they're I sisters. His, oh, okay. I thought his dad was just like a skis ball. And oh, like, then he was just like dated, marrying somebody who looked like Who looked like his mom. mom. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. how I... So, and that's why, like, so then, like, the reveal of, like, you know, who 
some of these other characters are. Yeah. Like, all the little did it ladies. Hit as hard for me because I'm like, I'm like, I'm so fucking confused. Yeah. <laughs> it was kind of like all the little old ladies were like, yeah, this is their childhood home. This is where yeah. her and her mom, yeah, blah, blah, like, blah. And I, I was like, oh, like I into halfway it, like, in. Mike, Mike linked like, into oh, it sooner than me, but I was like, wait a minute. Is that, is this? Like, that's what's going on. Oh. Right. And then there's like the reveal. But it's still kind of skeezy on the dad part. You're like, when did that happen? A little weird. A little weird. I'm assuming it's of the time. Yeah. It says, yeah. It says more about me than the yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I just love that titular Heron, too, because he's such an ambiguous character. You don't really know his motives. You, He's not necessarily yeah. good. He's not necessarily bad. He doesn't necessarily lie about right. the mom being alive. I just think right. the whole time travel aspect of the story is just so compelling. It's like little Miyazaki, Le Petit Maman type of thing going yeah. on. Like yeah. he gets to hang totally. out with his mom for a little bit Dude. when she's little. Very and cool. I just thought it was so cool that they wove the story in that way. I, I didn't know what to expect, but yeah. obviously it really hit the nail on the head for me. Yeah, and then the dub for the old lady that ends up being the badass is Florence Pugh. So. Yeah. And I didn't pick up on it at first. And pew, then pew. I was like, pew, pew, wait a second. I do recognize pew, this pew. voice. And I was like, awesome. I thought it was Frances McDermott for a second. But yeah. then I was like, oh, it's Florence Pugh. Florence Pugh do an old <laughs> lady badasses. voice at first. And you're just like, yeah, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I definitely like, want to watch it again. She's like the Pirates of the Caribbean of Florence Pugh. <laughs> <laughs> which way, who, which one's Frances McDermott is? Frances McDermott is the I think she'd Pirates of the that, Caribbean but... of Florence Pugh. <laughs> Florence Pugh for virgins. <laughs> uh, Bert, you, you also want to talk about a little guy. Before oh, we yeah. move on, don't you? Yeah, a little, little nugget. A little um, tiny one. The, the little nugget, my last little nugget for this podcast is, of course, Wes Anderson's most recent film, Asteroid City. Mm-hmm. Um, Asteroid City, again, I feel like the French Dispatch from a few years ago was also a return to form for Wes Anderson. And I think this is even leaning harder into what I really, really enjoy about Anderson as a storyteller. Um, It's a crazy movie. I did not realize it was going to be as layered as what it ended up being. A story within a story within a story. Yeah. That also ends up being a little weird. It's weird. There's like (laughs) possibly a little supernatural-ish type of stuff going on. Um, Especially the way they end the film, which I won't get into here in case anyone hasn't seen it. But yeah, I just I love his cast of characters. It's somewhat growing. He has some newbies in this one. He has some oldies but goodies in this one from his cast of characters that he typically puts in his films. Uh, With an Anderson film, you're always going to get those beautiful, weird postcard shots and the way that he films a movie. Um, Obviously, one of the strongest uh, tours of our time. Um, And either you vibe with Anderson or you don't vibe with Anderson. And I, I mean, totally that's, get that. That's <laughs> yeah. the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. But Jason it works Schwartzman for me. is having a year. Did you yes. watch uh, his short films that he put up on Netflix? I haven't watched them yet. I've kind of like been weirdly saving them as a little treat yeah. for after Dude, this is they done. They are a little treat. They are so good. One of them very almost excited. like 
eked their way into my like top 20. They're a mm. little treat. Yeah. You get some Rupert Friend who's in this. I do love Rupert Friend. He's great. Oh, yeah. uh, and Rupert yeah. Friend is also like in full He's good. Bugs Bunny mood. Yeah, he's good. In like some of those in some of those things yeah. where you're like, this is like a cartoon character come to life. And these Amazing. Sh- and the short films are like Oh, why hasn't he used Dev Patel before? He's perfect. Dude, Dev Patel was grown in a lab to read Wes Anderson directed Raul Dahl dialogue. Yeah, it's pretty funny. It's insane. He's very well, good. I always feel uh, like Tony Rivoli, I think that's his name, is kind of oh, like yeah. alternate universe Dev Patel. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I feel like he already kind of had him. It's kind of mean. It's kind of mean. Oh, but I love him. He's so great. I love him. I still love Grand Budapest. So good. Yeah, He's the Pirates good. of the Caribbean of Dev Patel's, yeah. <laughs> Short. <laughs> Thank you, Robbie. Appreciate that. Yes, yes. <laughs> but yeah, just oh, a, a uh, great movie. Uh, obviously, it looks great. There are some very emotional turns, which I didn't expect in this movie as well. Um, yeah, great. Phenomenal movie. Asteroid City. Asteroid City. Moving on. Uh, uh, Robbie, uh, I think you've got like a, a, a fairly large movie that you want to talk Dude. about right now. <laughs> it's, uh, it's huge. It's, it's a, a big huge boy. Movie. It's a big boy. Uh, yeah, I'm talking about, uh, Godzilla minus one. It was number six. Let me look at that again. It was number. God, this is so long. Six. It was number six. Six. Uh, six. Yeah. I'll so Godzilla will be fine. Don't on, worry about on your it. list. Uh, yeah, I'm number six on my to. list. Uh, really, really fucked with Godzilla minus one. A lot of people really fucked with Godzilla minus it one. It looked I mean, I fucking Godzilla great. Minus one. It yeah. looked great. Uh, I didn't really know. What to expect? I'm not really a Godzilla guy. I've been watching the the newer ones that have been coming out, and I think those movies are fine. They kind of exceed expectations, and yeah. expectations are low. Um, but yeah, I heard there's a lot of hype around this movie, and the trailer looked like really interesting and captivating. So um, yeah, I caught it a little late. I think I caught it like kind of just in time. Um, but yeah, I everything it's like everything they say is true. It's it's so good. Um, but yeah, you know, it's a uh, period piece that is, takes place in post-war Japan, and the title of the movie is uh, After the Atomic Bomb, Japan Was at Zero, and then fucking Godzilla showed up, and they were ah. minus one, uh, which I think is a hilarious ex- explanation for that title. <laughs> it but is. I did, I did not it's know that funny. that's what that was. <laughs> on on yeah. our episode. That's what, yeah. We're like, yeah, what I was just like, mean? I was like, all right. What are we talking about? <laughs> so... Yeah, a little uh, weird there, but it's, uh, you know, it's a movie that puts its, like, human characters at the forefront, and I feel like in a lot of monster movies, like, sometimes the human characters are kind of a drag, but this movie is so much about, um, kind of like, you know, some other movies we talked about on our list this year, but it's a movie that's about, like, celebrating being alive, and it's about, like, fighting to be alive, and, like, being brave enough to kind of like fight for like the lives of the future. And uh, it's, it's beautiful. And it's about like people coming together and like, you know, making a citizen's arrest of Godzilla. And it's really just really, really good stuff. It looks really cool. Um, it has like almost like uh, there's another movie that is on my list called Shin Kamen Rider, but they all kind of fall into this uh, type of filmmaking that 
is, you know, it almost reminds me of like, like Bollywood, but Japanese, where it's like the CG is like, okay, but it's so stylistic. That's yeah. like the point. This movie looks a bit more, it has more money than Shin Kamen Rider. But, uh, and, it, and like a lot of times it looks really good. And I do really like that Godzilla's like design is, uh, it's kind of a mix of like the new style of Godzilla and kind of like the old, like this is a guy in a suit, Godzilla. Yeah. And he has like this stupid like beady eyes. eyes. It's so good. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> when he's coming out of the water and you're like, it's sort of like Jaws and you're just like, nah, nah. Yeah. You're just like. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, you know, I, I knew I was going to like the movie and I kind of like, it kind of like met my expectations. I was like, yeah, it's as good as everyone says it is. But um, luckily I didn't know too many spoilers. I don't want to spoil anything here, but there's, it's just so like, the central character and what his backstory is and why he's in this movie is just, it's like the smartest thing I've ever seen. I was like, it's so, it's so brilliant to write a Godzilla story this way. It's amazing. So yeah, it's really, it's as good as everyone says it is. Highly recommend it. I watched the trailer for the black and white version uh, earlier today and I was like, oh. I definitely gotta fucking see that. Like, oh, and, oh, and it's, it's like, I'm it's going. scarier. Godzilla yeah. feels like, you know, he doesn't have a ton of screen time. Um, but he feels like terrifying. Like he does I mean, feel like it's, he's scary again. When me and Diana went and saw it, we saw it like the local Galleria Regal Ugh. at like 2 p.m. or something like that. Godzilla, and, um, the soap there opera. There was like a, a, like a family, <laughs> like a bunch of families were in yeah. there, like with kids, like Godzilla. And I was like, oh boy, what's going to happen here? And everybody was fucking into it yeah they were dialed in you could you could you could feel like the i had a guy like fall asleep at, during at, my screening at, at which the was beginning a yeah Aww. you could feel at the beginning <laughs> that like wait is that you you could feel the audience kind of realizing like oh this is a japanese movie and it's in subtitles like in actual time they were like wait yeah. so they're not gonna go to america but like, they were after, into like, it opening once it they're got going they were time. into it but then they were yeah. into it. It was good. I did like that it was Godzilla the soap opera. Like when it was like the human driven plot, it was very dramatic. And I, mean, I, I actually thought that was really fun. As, as like a <laughs> tiny bit of a Godzilla aficionado, I like Godzilla movies a lot. I haven't seen all of them. This movie kind of plays on the idea of like, well, you know, Godzilla movies are actually more about the people than Godzilla, you know. And yeah. this one like pushes that as far as it can actually go. It's like legitimately a soap opera happening around three or four Godzilla like set pieces. But yeah. when the Godzilla set pieces happen, they affect that soap opera. And you're like, well, okay. That's better than like Uncle Tom getting out of jail and showing up and being like, you fuck. What is that a reference to? Yeah, what? Uncle Tom? Uncle Tom. Uncle Tom. What? I don't know what that means. Yeah. That's from the soap opera like 100 Days of Our Lives. Oh, <laughs> I understand. You, I, I understand what yeah. joke you're making. Okay. Uh, yeah, Uncle okay. Tom. He got out of jail. Okay. And like he had Shows a twin brother and stuff like that. Right. Wait, you didn't watch that? Mm -mm. I must have missed it. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I did enjoy that there was also a uh, hot, hot scientist with flowing gray hair. His, his, yeah, he, he had a that lot guy has kind of, he stole, well, no, there's the one who really stole everyone's hearts. <laughs> yeah, he's great. Yeah. He's great. Uh, he was giving me big, uh, 
hot lawyer from well that's what i was gonna say he rivals i saw some people posting the supporting like actor you know memes of of heartthrobs of 2023 and it was gray-haired floppy-haired lawyer from anatomy of a fall and then hot scientist from godzilla minus one (laughs) enjoyable adorable yeah it's a it's a really special movie and uh you know i'm glad that like it's having so much success uh, out here as well as it had mm-hmm. had been having in Japan as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. I got to see Shin Godzilla. I haven't seen that one. I do feel like Dude, that movie. Me neither. That was going to be a question yeah. for, for you is, does this movie stand yeah. alone or is it like kind of like a tide sequel to anything else? But it seems no, like it stands alone. It's, yeah. it's standalone. It's almost like a reboot because uh, I have, don't even like, need to know who Godzilla is. Yeah. No, tell like it's it's, it's kind of like Godzilla. Well, like it's like his origin story. I mean, well, it's like you see him become the, the lizard yeah. become Godzilla. Yeah. Um, He's already like, which is cool in the movie. It's like, this, this is a pretty big fucking lizard. And then it's like, what if you, what if he was radiated. What <laughs> if well, bigger? Um, <laughs> yeah. What if more big? On our uh, episode that I did with Tim Irwin, um, he pointed out to me like in the beginning, which like they essentially do like a horror movie for 10 minutes yeah. with Godzilla. Yeah. Like what if Godzilla was Jason Voorhees? True. Uh, for the opening <laughs> I mean, 10 he's... minutes. And I'm like, I don't understand. Like he's not that big there. Like why... Is he bigger later? And Tim, our beloved Tim. Hi, Tim. Yeah. He's definitely listening. Yeah. Hi, Tim. Hi, Tim. Hi, Tim. Hi, Tim. Tim, Tim. Tim, eh? We love you. Um, (laughs) He pointed out, he was like, no, that was before the radiation happened that made him bigger. He was already scary, a slightly larger than normal. Kind of like lizard. a like was, a Komodo yeah. dragon. He was, but a, dino, he was yeah. a he was a dino. I mean, he was like a, a dinosaur. He's a dinosaur. Yeah. Right. He's a little, yeah. Should not exist. He's a little, and then they're like, now he's fucked up. Yeah. 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 He, he was the Pirates of the Caribbean of, of like actual like big Godzillas and stuff well, like Godzilla, that. And then he Godzilla is King Kong for people who right. have sex. He was cursed the Black Pearl, <laughs> and he eventually becomes at World's End. Yes. Right. Like if we're right. thank you, Robbie. A plus. Yeah. A plus, Robbie. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's good really, ass movie. It's a it's a special movie for sure. It's really very good, very good. And uh, Robbie, I think that you got like a. I'm checking my notes here. I think you got like a little a little thing that you want to talk about before we move on. Yeah, it's Is my that right? uh, it's my it's my number. It's a little thing. It's uh, my number one pick. It's a uh, controversial choice. It's a is a short. Or it's a uh, limited series on Netflix. Uh, it's called Pluto. Oh, it's a is, series. Uh, okay, I wasn't sure if yeah, it was a movie. I gotta watch it. No, it's a series. It's it's kind of like uh, Boy and the Heron for people who have sex. Um, <laughs> but it's a uh, easy now. <laughs> it's a uh, yeah. It's anime, um, and it is based off of the Astro Boy comic book arc from like way back when called uh, the greatest robot on earth and it's yeah. been uh remixed into this kind of like 
gritty noir like version of it uh it was a really popular uh manga that came out and it was out between like september i'm looking at the wikipedia right now but it, it was running from 2003 to 2009 and people really loved it and wanted to anime of it for a really long time and they just finally put it out and it's absolutely it looks great yeah it's the best thing i've seen this year it's cool. so good um it's basically uh Blade Runner meets um, uh, Hannibal. <laughs> it's really Ooh. like just really cool, and it's about like you know just like robots fighting for their rights. But uh, yeah, it's really it's really just like effective noir, really good mystery. And then, uh, but if you're a fan of Astro Boy, he's there, cool, he's hanging out, <laughs> uh, doing good stuff. But yeah, it's a uh, it's really good. I, I you know it's eight episodes, hour long episodes. I really. Uh, recommend it to anyone or you know at least watch the first episode see if you're into it but uh, I think if you give the first episode a shot you'll be hooked like everyone I've tried to push it to they they watch that and they're just like oh it's it's over but yeah it's really looks really good um, and just uh, very just my absolute favorite thing I've seen this year it's so good I'm excited to check it out. Now I will yeah. allow myself to watch series. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I want to watch that and I want to watch TV Blue Eye Samurai. So those were at the top of my yep. list of car- cartoons to yeah. watch next. Yeah. Blue Eye mm-hmm. Samurai also good. My number, my number two. Sweet. On my list sweet, sweet. Blue Eye Samurai. Beautiful. Uh, all right. So I guess it's time for me to talk about a movie that I like. <sighs> a movie that I like is. Uh, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Pretty goddamn good movie. Pretty goddamn good. Good movie. Kind of inarguable, right? Like, good movie. Yeah. I just rewatched it. I just rewatched it it, a few days ago, and I was like, shit, still good. Still good. (laughs) It's insane how that movie launches off, like, immediately. Becomes its own thing. For the first like 40, 45 minutes and then branches out for another 45 minutes and becomes a completely other thing and then brings it all back uh, for a remaining 45 minutes. It's a long movie. Uh, it's one of those movies that's uh, super long. And uh, maybe I don't feel it. It doesn't drag though. As long, but yeah. maybe it does not. not. But it, I feel like it doesn't drag. It does not drag at all. No, That's it doesn't. It, it it doesn't drag like a John Wick Chapter Four does. Um, I agree to disagree. Yeah, <laughs> said that for you. It's uh, the, the Pirates of the Caribbean of uh, John Wick colon Chapter Four. <laughs> these are these yes. making less and less sense. Yes. Good. More deranged. That's the whole point. (laughs) I do love that this movie has such crazy stylistic changes. Yeah. Like, it's awesome. It's awesome. It is insane (laughs) how good this movie looks at all times. That's the thing that just impresses me, like, over and over and over again. I'm just kind of like, how do you make a movie actually look? It it doesn't look real. It actually doesn't look like a thing that's supposed to be on the screen when you're watching it. We saw it twice in theaters. The first time, uh, what yeah, was wrong? Not, yeah, what was the wrong? Sound the, was the, the, sound the sound was not great the first time that we saw the it in theater. The sound was fucked up. The yeah. sound was fucked up. Uh, I think the screen was like fucked up too. It was cropped. I think it was like cr- yeah. cropped off the screen, yeah. right? Yeah. And we were like, what the hell? 
And then yeah, I saw it the second, second time, time. Yeah. and I was like, yeah, We went to see better. it a second time, too. Yeah. Bay went to see it in, like, the good sound Dolby Theater. I saw it at the, the Dolby Atmos yeah. Theater, where it's good Hell sound, yeah. and the screen is, like, basically, like, an OLED yeah. Like, yeah. projection of it. Yeah. So I, I, it, it was the best, like... It made me be like, I never want to go to Regal, like ever. Yeah. I only want to see movies this way. It was. I still and I, I saw don't want to go to Regal. I saw Ninja Turtles that way as well. <laughs> oh yeah. Mutant yeah, I was like, this is Mutant Mayhem, good. looking yeah. good. Also, a movie that looks, looks amazing. Looks fucking good. Yeah. But also a movie that probably would not have been financed and made if it wasn't for. Into the Spider Verse. Into the Spider Verse. Yeah. yeah. Sure. True. I guess, like, my biggest hang-up on this movie that I want to kind of get out there, it's amazing. It looks great. It's phenomenal. I can't wait to see the second one. My biggest hang-up is, like, another hang-up that I have with, like, Mission Impossible hyphen Dead Reckoning. Mission colon impossible hyphen Dead Reckoning part one. It's half of a story. (laughs) I think that uh, both those movies, Mission Impossible... Hyphen, Dev Reckoning, O N E, and uh, which I really enjoyed. Wait, how do I spell out? Sp- so it's Spider Hyphen Man, man you got it. Colon yeah. mm-hmm. across the Spider Verse. Spider Hyphen Verse. Spider Hyphen. Yes. Yeah. Oh, you're right. Yeah. yeah. Peter, you're one of our best. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. that <laughs> Please don't. Sounds annoying. You are. <laughs> it's the Pirates of the Caribbean of what I'm actually trying to do here. Um. It's it's half a story. That's the thing that kind of like holds it back. And that it's I a, feel like both, the middle boy. Yeah, like Mission Impossible. That it's the Empire Strikes Back. No, Empire Strikes Back like is a good has standalone. Like a culmination of like the story arcs that it has. So and you it feel like ends the stand- on a cliffhanger. Yeah. Okay. Okay. This one kind of like there's like especially with Spider Man. It's like it's building up to something and then it ends on this gigantic cliff- cliffhanger. Yeah. I don't know. I guess. Of... Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. No, I was just going to say like where a lot of things that were established are not resolved. Where they'll be resolved later. Yeah, right. It's the same thing with Mission Impossible where it's like a lot of stuff that was established, it's not resolved. And they're like, well, yeah, we got part two. Don't mm. worry about it. Empire Strikes Back one of the greatest cliffhanger movies of all time doesn't do that. They present these things and put them forward. It sucks that it ends where it does. And it is a cliffhanger in a sense, but it's like, well, Han Solo is out there in Carbonite. Who Hmm. knows what's going to happen? Right. Everybody's together and they're like, well, now what do we do? Sure. Well, I feel like the movie, its pacing is good up until the end where it kind of like ends and then there's like, wait, we have like 45 more minutes. You're like, sorry, what? Yeah. Um, It's kind of when like the big like universe jump happens. And I I feel the same way about like Dead Reckoning and also the same way about Dune Part 1 as well, where it's like, I think those movies have good pacing up until the last half hour where it kind of like trips a little bit and then just ends. Mm. Um, uh, I think with Spider-Man though, the pacing is... Is good, uh, and I think that luckily they resolve like a lot of the smaller arcs, or at least like the Gwen Stacy arc yeah. has a resolution. The Miles arc, which is literally like how movie. do you defy yeah. how do you defy fate, is not resolved. But also, that's a pretty big one to do to tie up. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Because his his goal in the movie is literally just like you need to like fight God and stop fate, and it's like okay. <laughs> 
Yeah, I was going to say that I was already enjoying the movie, and I do agree that it is a little segmented towards the end. But the fact that it was – I didn't realize that it was going to be like a to-be-continued type of ending. Yeah. And the fact that it was made it seem more like an issue of a comic book, and which kind of added to it for me. So That's that, cool. I, I felt like it was very bold to end that way. And yeah. so it made it more intriguing to me. Because then it made me really think about it even more after I mean, it was at over. At least they didn't give it like a part one. Yeah. It's been right. a while like a though. Other I don't know. It's been a it's been a while since I've seen a sequel or like part of a trilogy where I was really like, fuck yeah, I want to see what happens next. You know? Cause like you get all of these like Hunger Games, Battle of Songbird and Snake, like all these other movies that are installments. And I'm kind of like, yeah, it was okay. I don't really care if they make another one. It was fine. But this, I mean, I mean, but this one. If you do, yeah. Right, if you and like, yeah. Again, like, don't get me wrong. This movie just slaps all over the place. Like, it makes sense. Like, in that last. Honestly, dude, it's like 20 straight minutes of that movie where it's like they're getting towards the cliffhanger and you think that you're going towards an ending and that's what makes the cliffhanger like kind of so bittersweet. Well, they start introducing characters at the works. end. You're just like, I'm, they we're just not ready going. to deal with yeah. 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 They just keep going. You're yeah. like, wait, wait, wait. Yeah. It's like, this seems like kind of a big deal to put to put in the movie right now. Right. Yes, big time. Um, my my main issue with the movie is kind of like externally. Um, there's a lot of articles that kind of came out that the movie had really troubled production, and a lot yeah. of the artists had to work under uh, crunch. So they were working like 11 hour days, seven days a week to finish this movie, and apparently working with. Uh, I think it was like mostly like Phil Lord was cited, but I'm sure it's like Lord and Miller as well. That like they're kind of difficult to work for, and they ask a lot and then when uh complaints about the working conditions on that movie kind of made it to the producer um she was just like well welcome to making a movie so it's like it's really shitty it's really shitty that like how tone deaf the production was and making anyone work those conditions just to make a fucking spider-man movie is really fucking shitty and in a year where there's been like so many labor crises in entertainment and then this movie has it too yeah really fucking sucks so that's just like a show that that also needs to be like it's not just writer strike it's not just exactly like the yeah. animators are in the same boat yeah it'd and... be amazing if the movie looked like shit and you could be like well look at that but like it's one of the Everyone most got amazing to see their faces, looking so things cool. you've ever seen you're like well oh, fuck shit yeah i mean i think you know they didn't want to delay it anymore. And it's like, well, guess what? People want to see their family, so you should. Yeah. So hopefully, I hope Beyond the Spider-Verse. Yeah. Yeah. I hope Beyond the Spider-Verse doesn't come out for another six years. Of right? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Agreed. I, I will hope wait that they learn from that and take that need. into consideration going forward. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but, you know, outside of that, which is like, you know, for me, it, it does kind of paint my opinion of it and it makes me sad. But that aside, like, it's a really tremendous... To those artists' credits and to their, you know, to the their labor, uh, yes. that movie is, it's one of the, it might be the greatest animated movie ever made. Like, yeah. I don't know, like, what, I mean, it's hard to really argue. And I would have said the same about the, the previous one as well, but this really ups the ante in a way that's so extreme. Well, it's got Oscar Isaac. And that's good, too. 
and more Donald Glover. Yeah. Yeah, just the 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 live action stuff didn't work for me. (laughs) Oh man, I love it. Whatever you want to do, they're having fun. Yeah. Uh, So I'm allowed to have like uh, a little tiny. Right now, you're allowed to have a little treat. I'm allowed to have like a little treat where I can talk about like a little movie. A if fat that's man okay and little boy. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Is that okay with you guys? I'd like to talk about yeah. uh, David Fincher's The Killer. Ooh. Best fight scene of the year. I mean, goddamn. Uh, one of my favorite movies of the year. Uh, Good ass goddamn movie. Um, I really like The Killer. Uh, it did not crack my top 10. Just got like wormed out, but it's still one of my favorite movies of the year. Um, I feel like it's, we were talking earlier about like a kind of like a, uh, Ripper friend is kind of like a, a Bugs Bunny in Wes Anderson's like shorts. And Michael Fassbender is David Fincher's Bugs Bunny in this movie where he is just a cartoon of a person that has absolutely uh zero grasp on reality but is just trying to do his job and he's professional and he's what if someone was bad at their job i mean that that kind of is it's so so funny yeah yeah but he's it's like such, it he, is. he's such like a looney tune about it where he's like, Well, I'm just gonna keep doing it and uh, you know, um Yeah. Got my inner monologue and everything, so uh let's uh keep moving just forward. Just gonna eat it's this like if, it's like McDouble or whatever egg sandwich yeah. is eating in the beginning. I feel like well, it's kinda like if the Barry, if Barry had the, inner monologue, that's what this movie would be. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, but we watched I mean, like it's that got the segment. best restaurant scene in oh, all yes. the movies of the year. Not, I mean, but not actually in Beacon, New York. No, it not actually in Beacon, in Beacon not New York. Beacon. Yeah. Oh, Very yeah. much not Beacon. Which I thought was funny. Yeah, I was like, that's not Beacon. That's not Beacon. But yeah, <laughs> whenever we watch a movie, we're always looking for like a food movie, and I think that takes the scene. I don't know. I mean, that whiskey flight scene in The Killer is like. Mm. Beautiful. I mean, Tilda, Michael Fassbender, all in one shot. It's really hard for me to not like that movie. <laughs> it's so hard. It's a great movie. It's very good. I really uh, like that fight scene in it is so good. Oh, when the dog I mean, jumps the out the window, I'm like, that's so crazy. <laughs> the Florida fight scene, fight scene is just... Yeah, it's so good. Get the hell out of here. Like, is there a better fight scene? Maybe in John Wick. I mean, maybe in John, John Wick. Colon chapter John Wick four. has like, I think John Wick has like seven hundred better fight scenes, yeah. but there's no fight scene in John Wick that feels like as grounded and real as the fight in The Killer. It, it's more isolated in The Killer. Yeah, it's like yeah, The Killer is the like a rest of the movie is doing that, and then all of a sudden it becomes a John Wick movie yeah. for like five minutes. But even that fight, it's like sloppy. They're like, it's like that. It's remember so in, sloppy. In, yeah, in Barry season two, when he's fighting the guy who has like the karate daughter. Oh, the karate God. daughter. And, and that fight, and that fight just goes wrong Robert, the entire time. That's, that's kind of exactly what, like. what I was thinking about. Where he sees, yeah. he looks at the the picture and sees like all the karate the medals, and like stuff. medals, and he's, and he's like, like, oh shit. Oh wait, 
and then the <laughs> yeah it's very it's very similar beats there yeah well uh we're gonna move on over to uh diana you've got a movie that you want to talk about and it's a it's a small movie a little movie most people haven't heard of it very short yeah yeah it's a short movie it's a super short movie it's a quiet movie yeah mm-hmm. uh yeah I figured throw it in, throw in the Oppenheimer, throw it in, throw in the the giant cast uh, with Robert Downey Jr., who I did not expect to be in the movie as much as he is. He's in it way more. He's in it way more. He's fucking good. And uh, yeah, this rewatching it, I think um, what hit me more this time around was like, because we went to see that in like an AMC theater where there's the crazy recliner seats and it was it was intense. It was a little too much. It was really fucking loud. Yeah. I think it damaged yeah. my hearing. I, that's I saw the it thing. IMAX like, as well. I think it blew out my hearing <laughs> yeah. and I was just like, Jesus. So worth it. Watching it again, um, I definitely I'm psyched for Ludwig because the score is killer. And it's just like one of those sort of like epic period piece, million people. I don't know. I like didn't want to like it as much as I did, but it's really fucking good. So uh, pretty much everyone who's in it as a bit character is great. Like shout out Josh Hartnett. What? <laughs> like, I mean, they great. every single white person. What? Uh, every, you know, David, Every what's his name? Every single white man. Bags, There's a lot of white men. Yeah, there is. And Remy, Remy Malik is Remy like Malik. tossing there for like flavor. Yeah, Alden. All the quirked <laughs> up white boys. All the quirks. Yeah, uh, some Kenneth Jonah. Honestly, if some we could just say, Han. like we could just we could just spend the rest of the podcast just naming off the people. But it's we a don't, bunch of Jack. Quaid's. We don't need to do that. Uh, but I do love Jack Quaid. Playing the bongos, playing physicist Richard Feynman, because my sister used to read books about him in college when she was reading about him for some physics class, and he did play bongos in real life. And I think that's really funny <laughs> that he gets to play that character. I was like, hmm, that's Benny Safty's in there. Safty's in there. I think he's a director. <laughs> you think he's he's separated from his brother? Uh, angry, drunk Emily Blunt. It's good. Yeah, she's very angry. It's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of gratuitous pew pew. Get to see a lot of Florence Pew. Maybe more than I would have yeah. liked, but whatevs. It's fine. I don't know. I think it's like the best like example. And we live in a world where like, there's like this weird like anti-sex scene movement yeah, huh? happening. Yeah. And Oppenheimer actually like has sex scenes that are valuable to the plot and actually like push the plot forward. Sure. And, like, and people are just like, well, it didn't need a sex scene. I'm like, you're a fucking idiot. Like, kind of does. I don't know. Like, it needs the sex scenes. <laughs> yes. They are important. Um, you also, also get to see yourself. Florence Beef's tits. Well, I was thinking about It's fun for everybody, tight, right? Tight like, ass, but. Sitting on his chair, cross-legged. <laughs> I mean, we've all been there. We've all sat across from a naked Florence Pugh. Us ourselves naked. <laughs> In a chair. Um, and like, oh, let me just cross my legs real quick. Talking, Oppenheimer talking about Goethe and other <laughs> sad books. <laughs> yeah, I was I was very happy that I liked Oppenheimer as much as I did because uh, Nolan's last movie, Tenet, was not uh, my cup of tea as much. Not my not my flavor. So I was you like, you gotta like, watch it like, again, Robbie. Nolan movie. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, if I can watch it in reverse, backwards. I'll give it another shot. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta watch it backwards. It's the um, it's the Caribbean the of pirates. You wanna see Kenneth Branagh do to... weird accents? Yeah. <laughs> he does it in plenty of other movies. Yeah, so you he should see you gotta does. watch Boy Samurai because he does it in that Ooh, one too. Ooh, delightful. I am intrigued. I will. I will um, watch it. Yeah, I really like Oppenheimer. I really love the like um like macro photography that they do to kind of like either represent the the mad the madness of Oppenheimer's mind or of like the live action within the atomic bomb. Yeah. Like I really like those scenes a lot. Um yeah, I think it's a very I can't believe they shot it in fifty seven days. That is the craziest it's thing I've ever heard. The wildest shit in the world. It's Wild. so fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely a movie that Wild. like the not just the com- composition but like the sound design of the movie really like it is so impactful because like like you said like all of those sequences where it's like they're applauding him they're stomping there's like the bomb sounds it's yeah. just it's kind of nuts like how jarring and uncomfortable a lot of the sequences are before it even gets to the point where it's like the actual action of something exploding mm-hmm. you're just like it'll feel good but i'm not quite sure why yet and then you get to that point and you're like oh okay yeah, yeah. there's no <laughs> movie as technically proficient as Oppenheimer. it is like <clears throat> like right off of that like technically it's one of the best movies ever made of all time like it's yeah. just like Jesus Christ, look at this thing. And it's the fact insane. that there's like no yeah, I don't know. Know this movie is. Yeah. I I don't know if maybe it's because Robbie as well, you saw it in IMAX that yeah. uh I thought my one complaint of the film is I think like the third act is a little too heavily scored. I know Diana, you mentioned the score earlier. Yeah. And I think the score is like a little too in your face for the last act of the film. Um, And it's something that, on the flip side, Killers of the Flower Moon, also a very long movie, but the score was probably one of my favorite things about that movie. And it is almost ever-present, similar to Oppenheimer, but it's kind of like lurking in the background. Yeah. As opposed to Oppenheimer's is like really in your face for the majority of the film. I think it does want you to feel like the claustrophobia as like kind of yeah Yeah. Yeah. there's an there's an uneasy quality to it that movie that movie is like robbie robertson's is like supposed to be there and just kind of (laughs) slowly slowly get you in yeah 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 i don't know maybe i already felt trapped in the movie not in a bad way but very much burdened by what is happening the subject matter of the film the gravity of the actions i was already feeling all of that already so maybe i thought maybe the score was a little superfluous to mm. what mm. Yeah, it was already doing fair note but I overall movie, i still really enjoy like, the film yeah i'd be curious yeah. if if at a certain point if you rewatch it if you still feel like that or if you like warm to it because it was definitely, definitely. on the on the second watch for me that I was like, oh, this score is awesome. Like, whereas the Ooh, first okay. time around, I was sort of like, ah, like, like you said, overwhelmed by the loudness of it and mm-hmm. the sound of it. I remember you saying that too, because I was like, it's Ludwig. You love Ludwig. I know, but when we saw it in like, the yeah, theater, I was like, this is much. like 
like I felt like shook after we yeah, saw that movie. And then movie. the second time we watched it, you were like, mm-hmm, that's a fucking good ass score. And I was yeah. like, you are correct. Yeah. You were always correct. You were always correct. <laughs> always. No, but definitely some of these movies, especially some of these longer movies, I do think merit a rewatch at some point. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, especially the theater experience of watching a three hour movie is very different than being able to give yourself a five minute intermission to like I mean, really go back to it. Buying Oppenheimer on Blu-ray was one of the best decisions I've made this year. Just grab it. Now I have it. When the world ends and there's, there's probably no more some very cool behind the scenes shit on that Blu-ray, I'm you sure. You can't plug anything in anymore. I have it. Yeah. 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 Mm. All right. That's all I got, but if you guys want to talk more, feel free. I mean, I, I feel like we're entering uh We're entering a Ground Zero. We're entering what else do you guys want to talk about? I picked bottoms. Let's do it. As a as a fun on the way out. Which uh yeah, discuss. Burn, kick us off. <laughs> You're having me kick off your little guy? Yeah, why not? I mean, it's got it's got Rachel Sennett. We love Shiva Baby. Um, it's Emma Seligman. It's got Ruby Cruz, which if you liked the new Willow show, which I fucking did, she's in it. She's adorable. She's great. And uh, it's got Ao, who's awesome. And I like that it's nerdy comic Ao, and not I'm like sweeping right now. Yeah, she's, she's like, killing it. Emmys she's killing it too. But yeah. I like how well, Bear silly. Season two is yeah, so good. Was so good. It's so good. Yeah. But I feel like Bear, the Bear, always kind of like skirts the line. It's dramedy in my mind. It's like so it's intense. It makes you laugh. It's it does make you laugh. But I mean, it's so intense also. So I like seeing her to be silly in this clear clear comedy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Have you watched a lot of? Uh, Io's and Rachel's YouTube videos. I I have since seeing Bottoms, which is yes, great. me too. <laughs> which is which is hilarious, and I'm just like, oh, these two are perfect. <laughs> yes, yeah. Bottoms also made my list. It's number ten, but when I saw it in the theater, I was like, man, this movie's really great. I don't know if it's gonna hold on to this top 10 list. But then the vibe of my list, when I was looking for that last movie to fill that last slot, I was like, well, if I'm looking at my list, which is really comedy heavy and really about appreciating comedies, which I think are back in a big way, I got to include Bottoms because Bottoms is definitely one of the funniest movies of the year. Yeah. It's just fucking weird and silly. And it does have that sort of like original recipe mean girls, like over the top aspect to it. Um, with like evil boys, <laughs> I think it's pretty awesome. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mikey. It's the pirate pirate of the Caribbean of uh, Barbie. Honestly, I want I want to know because I haven't seen it. Is it the Pirates of the Caribbean or the Dungeons and Dragons of Bodies, Bodies, Bodies? Because mm. well, no, no, this no, movie, no. Like, I feel the like that movie is the of the Caribbean, like not plural. Singular pirate uh. of the Caribbean of Barbie because <laughs> I was I was worried that it would be kind of like like I really like bodies bodies mm-hmm. bodies yeah hell year, yeah but I feel That's like a it great movie it, but it didn't it's it's great but it doesn't really have like kind of like the long term staying power of like sure a lot of movies like mm-hmm. it feels very like this movie's so good in August of 2022 right. and then I'll never well, think about it ever again. honestly too like honest like I feel like 
you, Robbie, as a man and me as a man, I feel like we're the ones that need to kind of dissect, like, what's going on with bottoms? Like, <laughs> we're the ones that kind of really need to break it down. I haven't seen it yet, so I, you know, I'm sure you're right. That joke will be a lot funnier to you when you see it. Because you're a man and you told me to watch it. Well, your analysis of bodies, 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 I agree. I think that movie's super fun, super good time. Kind of not necessarily trapped. It doesn't give itself like a timestamp per se. I haven't watched it again, though. And I don't know if watching it again in five years, if I'm going to feel like it's as relevant or if it kind of placed Mm. itself in a very specific time. Um, But that horror comedy genre is kind of fresh. And I feel like it's still like kind of going through growing pains. Yeah. And some movies really stick the landing and do feel like they're going to be really relevant forever. And I, I can see where you're coming from with Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Yeah. But I think totally. Bottoms, when it comes to like the high the... school genre, it's yeah. adding something new and it has a lot to say. And I think as far as the high school genre goes, it's one of the best installments in a long time. Oh, yeah. yeah. That helps yeah. you. That's good. Yeah, that's cool to know. I feel yeah, like if, no, if anything, does. my criticism is that like they seem a little old to be in high school, the two main characters, <laughs> but they do look kind of young so that you can kind of get away with it. Like the other actresses that are in it, they can they can all pretty much pass for Hollywood version well, of, like of super, high school. It's kind of like super bad, right? Yeah. Like super bad. Yeah. It's just like these, these are adults. Yeah. <laughs> these are adults. These are mini adults. You know? These are yeah. clearly yeah. people in their 20s these slash are, are 30s. Yeah. <laughs> It's like women always look so much older than they are, right, Robbie? I'm not co-signing that. I'm not co-signing that, Robbie. They're like the Pirates of the Caribbean, Caribbean misogyny right right now. You're like, (laughs) he's too smart for you, Burge. Yeah, he's onto your wily ways. It's a trap. Tricky. That's that's bait. It's It's a trap. Well, uh, I think we had ourselves like a pretty good conversation, right? Yeah. yeah. All right. So, uh, lastly, uh, let's talk about Deadpool three. <laughs> please, please don't. Deadpool don't three is a movie that is coming out this year in twenty twenty four. When it when it was, sure it how about instead of that, and we I just ask everybody a twenty twenty four movie now. they're looking forward to. Okay. Hold on. I mean, I am looking forward to the movie. Okay. All right. Okay. okay. So, uh, Wolverine joins the Merc with a Mouth in the third installment of the Deadpool film franchise. Oh, so Dune that's two. what Dune we're my answer. Oh, how are you, Dune Two? It's, uh, it's directed by uh, yes. Sean Levy, who has uh, directed a, a bunch of trash. Um, and it uh, is written by Stranger Sean things. Levy, who is also the director of Deadpool Three. That makes sense. Uh, a Matthew McFadden is in Deadpool 3. Okay. He's in He's succession. good. He's like he is winning good. a bunch of awards. He's my Mr. Darcy yeah. of choice. He is yeah. good. Great. <laughs> uh, you know who else is in Deadpool 3, Diane? Why are- Hugh Jackman. All right. Okay. What? Why are you ending the show on this He's now? Wolverine. Okay. He's going to be in the actual suit, okay. right? I'm confused. Robbie? He's going to be in the actual suit. And, and what is the actual suit, Robbie? yellow it's yellow great it's yellow all right thank you guys so much for listening (laughs) all right uh we've had so much fun i've had fun yeah yes 
<laughs> Co-signed. Fantastic. Putting out the good. vibe. Very, very good. Uh, and uh, we hope that you uh, keep listening and uh, check in later. Check out all the best of lists that are going to be on StoryScreenPresents.com. And uh, bam. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Peace. Bye.